Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi. Here we are. This is Don't Blame Me, a podcast brought to you by me, Melissa Diamond Mons, and, and she. Me. Oh, that too. Megan Ranks. And let this um be known. Uh let's give a good precursor. This podcast might get racy. It might get sexual. It might get raunchy. It might get dirty. And we say that because if you know us in real life, you know, maybe you've been hurt. You've heard from a close friend about how proud they are of what we're doing here. And you're like, let me go support, you know, leave a review. You don't have to listen if you are not ready or feel like you are the appropriate person to hear us talk about doing the nasty and we yeah. might not talk about doing the nasty here but we might talk about we might reference that like one time we did do the nasty 
We got a lot of new followers from Reels. I don't know if they're listening, but they're following on us on Instagram. And if you have decided to listen, welcome. Hi. I'm not sure how I feel about this yet because I don't know what walk of life you're coming from, but this is us. We're being more open. We said that weeks ago. We're being more open. And uh, here we are letting more people in. Welcome to the fold. You'll either like us or not. And also, um, thank you, everyone, for writing in and calling in. I think some people have forgotten, though, that you got to actually ask for advice. So a lot of people that have been writing in have been writing stories, but not asking for what they want from this. So make sure that you're asking for advice. And so I say maybe write your when you're composing your message right at top. This is what I want advice for. And then tell your story. And that can help. Yeah. Like in like when you're writing an essay, like your thesis. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't graduate college. So if that's not like totally correct, it's like just roll with it. But we did that. That's how you write. Yeah. 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 I think that works. Mm-hmm. I don't want to infer that you want advice on the wrong thing. Because like that's actually like God, so mean. Like about, you're saying something and someone's like, oh, maybe you should do this. And you're like, hold up. That's like not what I'm worried about at all. Like this and now like, I'm in my fucking head. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like there's been that before where like someone's misconstrued what I've said and they're like, oh, well like, yeah, no, maybe like don't do that then. I was like, what? Like, no, no, no. That was, I'm totally fine on that. But like, why, what do you mean? Let's go back to that. Like, let's circle back. Like, okay, what? So um, yeah, be specific. Cause we, if I'm, if I'm being a bitch, I would prefer it, for it to be intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't want to accidentally be an asshole and like it still happens but if i can avoid it i would i prefer to be a bitch on purpose of course who wouldn't want that for themselves so if you haven't figured it out yet this is an advice show you can call in and write in and if you want to call in here's the information to do so you can give us a ring a ding at 310-694-0976 and you can leave us a voicemail there or if you are an international listener you can record a voice memo and then just email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com. For both of those, they have to be under three minutes. And we do ask that you write everything down before you record so you're not just doing it off the top of your head because that's like an impossible ask. Like It's just fucking hard to remember everything you want to say. So we don't want you to have to panic. We don't want you to feel stressed. You were talking to two anxious, anxious girls. We get it. We totally get it. I can't call the doctor. I get so nervous. So write everything down. Maybe this is the hack that for when I make phone calls, this is what I should be doing. Except the issue is that they're the answer. I love, I would so much rather leave a voicemail. I'd rather play phone tag for so long. So that's so why we do this. You, We don't answer unless you call while we're recording and then we answer for fun. And then every time everyone panics and hangs up and we're like, sorry for trolling you. So we would like to know your ages. If you're talking about multiple people in your story, if you can let us know your pronouns, if you'd like. But it's important for us to know how old you are and if it's about a relationship, even if it's a friendship, how long you have been friends or how long you've been together, if dating, how long you've lived together, like all of those things add a lot of context because despite being bitches on purpose on occasion, when the situation calls for it, we would like to give you the best advice and like we want to help you out. And in order to do so, we need the most pertinent and like factual, accurate and important information. Otherwise, we have to fill in the blanks and that it, worst case scenario hurts your feelings. And then kind of in the best case scenario, just like then doesn't the advice doesn't apply at all. So 
give us as many details as possible. And I don't know if I said already, but you have to be 18 or over. Have your parents' permission. Yes, please. And if you write in, you can send us a DM or you can email meganpodcast at gmail.com. Please keep it to 300 words or less. And again, make sure you're including all the information that Megan just said, as well as asking for advice. Wonderful. Amazing. Shall we get into um, just completely saving people's lives or wrecking them? But before we get right into that, I would like to read an update. (gasps) All right, here's an update. Totally forgot to give y'all an update on episode of Don't Blame Me, Dating Standards, February 7th, 2022. On Dad, who's the same age as Madonna, and how he's bad at DIY stuff like fixing the tub. We had a tree that needed to be cut down because here in my state, we have tornadoes and didn't want the tree to fall on us. But instead of calling an arborist, my dad did it himself. <laughs> and they sent a picture of huge trees with a ladder in it and a lot of branches that are on the ground. And the picture says, and this is why I told my dad to hire an arborist. But does he listen? And then this little frowny faces and then it said my mom finally took y'all's advice on taking his credit card i still yeah. don't know if he understands that he's not an arb that he's not arborist barbie or <laughs> mechanic barbie and then upside down smiley face i'm glad none of those trees hit him also is that oh no that's a lawn chair i thought Can it was an send office me the chair picture? because as someone who is on arborist reddit as well as tree law reddit and like is so and we have to get our trees cut like Literally 90% of my day is looking at photos of poorly cut and trimmed trees. So I would like to see where this falls. And I have to say that this is a man who is a little too delusional. Like mm-hmm. we need to bring him back down to earth a little bit. But if you could let us know how you think your dad got like that, because I would like to give Mats a sprinkle of oh, that. Wait. I even noticed that it appears that the fence broke because the tree fell on top of the fence. Oh, it does appear that way. Yeah. That 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 tree is not safe. I mean, that ladder's not safely attached to that tree either. No, no, no. No. That's a fully leaning ladder on a tree. <laughs> These are some skinny ass trees, too. Yeah. There's a bunch of them, but they're tall and skinny. I would like to know the background of the office chair, or is that a lawn chair? That's because I'm I- just picturing your mother sitting there and being like, I'm That's I'm a taking death wish this credit card. Sitting there. That is a death wish. It is true. It is true. Because you could easily get knocked over like that fence did in the head. I love that, like, just absolute, like, I can do this myself, can do attitude. I have that. But yeah, it doesn't usually end up well. Anyways, love that. Thank you for the update. And wishing all of us a little bit of delusion, but not too much. Because that's way too much. But I'm glad that your mom is taking the credit card. (laughs) Me too. All right. And let's take a break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're gonna get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month 
you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back. It's time to hop on in or dive in, cannonball in, slide in, slither into the rest of our yeah, let's slither into the rest of our calls. Mind if I slither in? That is the wind. I'm doing a I know, snake. I'm giving you a does your snake not want to be in a where's your snake? No. That there's no inside of a it's inside of a perfectly sealed, non-drafty home. That's it's not morning, spooky. Morning snake. Morning sausage. Morning snake. Disgusting. <laughs> Straight to jail. Straight to jail. If you want to hear the origin of that, listen to Fisting Friday that came out last Friday. I'll write you in jail. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 20 years old and my pronouns are she, her. I wanted to give you guys a call because I've started recognizing a pattern in my relationships that's really frustrating and I don't know if I should just let it go. To put it simply, all of the people that I am closest to are really forgetful. Don't get me wrong, I forget things, I'm not perfect, 
but it's what they're forgetful about that's hurtful. For example, I have multiple friends in my life that will start telling me a story and I'll have to stop them to remind them that I was right next to them when it happened. There have also been times when they've started telling me a story and I've had to stop them and tell them they've already told me. You can also flip it where I've told them a story and they hear about the situation later from me or someone else and insist I never told them. Or they'll start telling you something that someone told them, like a fun fact, but I was the one that told them. It's gotten to the point where my closest friends have started asking me beforehand, hey, were you there when this happened? Or did I tell you that this happened? Or was it you that told me about XYZ? They started doing this because I've communicated how frustrating it is to be so easily forgotten. So you can imagine why I feel a little stupid when I'm praised for remembering something like my friend having a job interview because they casually mentioned to me it to me earlier in the week. It feels like I care about them more than they care about me, and I'm not even intentionally trying to remember what they say to me. I think what I'm asking you guys is, is it valid for me to feel hurt by my friend's inability to remember our conversations? Again, I don't expect perfection, and I know a lot of people struggle to keep things straight. I'm also trying to consider if maybe I'm feeling entitled to something that they don't owe me. But at the end of the day, because it's a pattern I've recognized over the years, over the course of multiple different relationships, I've started to become a little resentful because I can't help but take their forgetfulness personally. It's not fun to internalize the idea that maybe I'm not so memorable. Just in case it changes your opinions, I'm referring to about four to five different people. Their ages range from 20 to 50, multiple genders, and none of them are romantic relationships. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We could never be friends. No, here, I'm, I'm going to come at it from a different way. I am somebody that remembers so many things. And when I was younger, I had the same feelings that the caller had. I had the exact same feelings where I was like, why do people not remember these things that seem either so big or so small or like I was literally there? And I realized that my brain works in a different way than other people do when it comes to this. And I had to pull back. Like I had to just realize that I do remember information differently than other people do. And because of that, it is like a blessing and a curse because you'll be like, it's easy for you to have receipts for things if you put it in messages. I always pull them up when people don't remember things. I'll have the messages, pull them up, show them. Or I, something even happened with the same person who I know has like, they forget things all the time. And this past week, I had said something to them in a text message, in an email, and in person. And they didn't remember and asked me about it again. And I asked them, I said, we've talked about this now three times in three different things. Am I communicating in a way that is not good for you? Can you let me know if there's a better way for me to communicate? And they said, no, I just read the previous email incorrectly. And then someone else that was part of this conversation asked the exact same thing later in the day. And so frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) It's so frustrating. And you just have to like, kind of just like take the information and just know that everybody does not think the same way that you think. Even another situation where somebody had started to tell a story. And so then I made a joke and I was like, I remember, and again, it's a curse. I could remember exactly where everybody was sitting when the information, when the story had been told, what they were wearing 
And then I reenacted the whole story, like <laughs> making a joke out of it and mm-hmm. pretending to be each of the each person. And like one person was like, I don't even remember saying that. And it was like, but that's something I would say. And I was like, yeah, because you said it. Yeah. So you just got to kind of just realize that not everybody has the same memory that you do. Some things that you think are small or big. Some people, it just goes in one and they might have like a recollection of it happening, but they just don't remember that it happened. So they don't know, remember who said it or who did it. Again, it is very frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. And I feel you because this is me, but it just is what it is. I thought I was when I, especially in high school, things would happen that I would do or say. And I thought that I was just like, I was like in the same way if the caller was like, you know, I'm forget, I'm forgettable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that. Cause then I would, once I clocked it and realized it, I would notice it was about that they, that people do this for everyone. Yeah. So I, and I, I so agree with that. Like I'm, I am like your, <laughs> I am like your friends. And I think you are making it like very personal. And if you can take a step back, like Melissa said, and like look at how they interact with each other. So like people, when Lily interacts with someone and I interact with someone, people could feel this way about us. And then they watch Lily and I interact with each other. And it's like, they do this to each other too. Like this is like, this is just, this isn't like exclusively for people who remember. Like it's just what we, it's just what you do. And sometimes for you, caller, if you did this to someone, it would be intentional and it would be personal and you'd be doing it to hurt. Like you would be doing it because you're pissed. But that's not the case with everything. There are things that you probably do that we all do unintentionally that someone else would never do unintentionally. They would only do it on purpose to hurt someone's feelings. Like Mm -hmm. we just all operate differently throughout the world. And I think like you, like it does feel like your friends are in a spot where they can't win because they have adjusted their behavior to accommodate for that. And like, that's what I would do. If you told me that like, hey, this is making me feel like really forgettable. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, let me like, have I told you this before? Did I say this? Like, and that feels like it's still not really good enough because like you're still feeling that. And that then like with so much love, like that's you, like that's on you. That's not on them. And I don't want to say I think you're having unrealistic expectations with friends because I think that if you've conveyed your feelings, they've adjusted their behavior and you're still feeling that way. I think that there might be something else there. Like, do you feel like, do you not like, have you moved away from them recently? Like, do you not feel as close with them before? Like, are there things like, do you feel like you you said before, you're like, I feel like I think about them and I'm a better friend to them like than they are to me. I don't know if the exact words were. It feels like you care more about them than they care about you. What other examples are there of that? Because like this might feel like a symptom of that. And then if they're fixing this symptom and they're working on this symptom and they're accommodating of being like, okay, cool. People can't just change how their brains work, but they can a lot for that of like, hey, tell me if I had, have I told you this before? Like, tell me if I did this. Like, that's something that I would do if someone had told me that like, hey, this is like really hurtful to me. I'm like, that's how my brain works. Like, let me adjust, like, let me do what I can do. But if you're still feeling that way, I would unpack like what else is what what else is going on there? Like what else is going on? Like you're not feeling close in these relationships because if this all changed and went away, would you be able to get past it? Or like, are you going to think about how this happened before? Like, and you're not able to kind of move past all of this, but like it has absolutely 
nothing to do with you. And I don't know if this reframing this will help, but like when people want to tell you like a funny story or like, like they want to talk to you and all of that, like that's because they care about you. And that's not because they forgot about you. They forgot that you were there. It's like, I've done it with Melissa where I'm like, oh my God, I heard the funniest. And I'm like, I have to tell you this. And you're like, bitch, I told you that. I go, oh my God. But like, here I am so excited to share something that was so funny with like my best friend. And it's like, oh shit. Like, you're the one who told me, but like, I'm not looking at this. It's not a slight, like, or like, and I do it to Moss all the time where I'm like so excited to tell him something. He's like, you've already told me like this before, but I'll be like, oh shit, I did. I'm sorry. And like, I'll get embarrassed. He's like, no, no, tell me it again. Like, I love this Mm -hmm. story. And it's because it's not coming from a place of malice is coming from like the I'm excited to like either tell this gossip tell this drama tell this like fun thing to someone I'm not excited to tell everybody I'm excited to probably tell a certain specific set number of people and that should feel like you should know that like that is a massive compliment especially for people with shitty fucking memories because in order for me to remember that I have to tell like to like I have to remember something I'm like in the back it's literally taking up a huge section of my brain. Like, I have to tell this person. I have to tell this person. And I've already, maybe I've already told you, you were there, you were the person who told me, but like, just know that like my excitement and my desire to tell you this thing has taken up half of my brain power. And that's because I care about you. Mm -hmm. It's not because like, I don't care about you and I think you're forgettable or anything like that. So, you know, I think also (laughs) I recognize that like, and I, as a neurodivergent person, like, I have a lot of friends who are neurodivergent and I also have friends who aren't and both are a wonderful balance. Like it, it just, and like that's someone who like I get overstimulated by myself and like my other friends with ADHD. So having like friends who you feel like are on your same wavelength, I don't think that you should be like, I can only be friends with people who are like me. Or I can only be friends with people who are opposite from me. But I think like, you know, if you commute and it doesn't even have to be about neurodivergent. Like, I'm just saying this from like my perspective, but like people you communicate with on the same level, those are important like people to have because it offsets some of the other times where it feels like you're having to either perform or to kind of go through the motions of something that isn't innate to you. Like you can have the people who the way you communicate is just simple, easy, straightforward, because you do it the exact same way. And I think if you are having all of your relationships like this, it does not mean that you are forgettable at all. It means that just you you need to meet more people. It means to broaden the circle. Like a four to five person sample group is not nearly large enough. And again, you are not forgettable because they want to tell you these things. Yeah. I like, I'll say like, I have like friends It's a small group, like, but my extended friendships is a lot of people. And I've never like come in contact. I would say one person that I was friends with, like in high school and college, like that one person, but like most of the people that I come in contact with don't think in the same way. So like, if you want to find somebody, it's going to be hard. I don't know where there might be. I don't know. Maybe. I just haven't opened my circle big enough, but like finding somebody that does have that type of memory is very hard. And I've just, you just got to kind of just got to live with it. Like you and figure out how to, how to adapt to it. But it does, I I see it like, like I said, like a blessing and a curse because there are things that I remember from when I was like two years old. Like I remember literally sitting at my Fisher Price table, eating dinner 
and watching Golden Girls. Like, I remember that. <laughs> and, but then, like, like my new, like some things that are like mm-hmm. action items for myself, I don't remember it at yeah. all. And so I have like my to do list every day is like a whole page long because I have to write down everything that I have to do. Plus, like, if I do it and then it's not on my to do list to write it down too, so that I have it to reference back later. But like, you just kind of just have to, make allowances for people in your life. I'll tell you where it does get aggravating, where I do just straight out shut down people is when somebody's telling me a piece of gossip and I know that they forgot they told me because they've told so many people. Oh, yeah. Now That's that is just icky. like, you're not, Bad you're vibes. just talking to whoever wants yeah. to talk. But otherwise, when people don't have any ill will or malice towards it, they just don't, they just don't get it. Yeah. And like, it's not like a skill or like a learned practice. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally just how your brain is built. Mm -hmm. And with so much love, there are probably certain ways and how you operate and how your brain is built that like are off-putting or unsettling or make other people Mm -hmm. feel shitty about themselves. But they're not saying anything because they know that it's not, it's, you're not controlling it. And they know that it's like for them to deal with. And so like, I do think when we start to kind of really nitpick and police how other people's brains work and ask them to modify their behavior, their unintentional and just like innate way of thinking or behavior in a way to like protect your feelings. It just opens up the fact that like that will then happen in reverse. And then it's like, oh shit, like, damn, this is not so clear black and white because like I actually can't control this other thing that I I'm doing and like you might not even be able to like rack your brain for something that someone could bring up that you go well I actually can't control that but that's how innate those things are that it's not you like I I forget people I like forget people exist that's an ADHD thing like and like this is it's not a trait that I like about myself but there are certain times where I'm like this shit is fucking nice like I'm pretty good at ignoring if like life gets hard like if there's a uh, a really catastrophic event or something like horrible happening, you want me around because I can pivot. I'm not going to ruminate on this thing that's happening. I am. I want to have a better day. I want to pivot. I'm like, okay, cool. That's it is what it is. Let's keep like I can easily distract myself because I'm easily distracted and I can forget things and I I can forget people. But then I can also not process a lot of things because they're not they don't stick at the forefront of my mind. I have to really go out of my way to do that. So I don't think either. I think both both sides are a blessing and a curse. And I think recognizing the good parts of it for you, for your memory, and then recognizing the bad parts. And mm-hmm. then even having the conversation with your friends of like being like, I feel like I'm taking this really personally. And like you said that I'm not like, can we just like talk this through? And like, can I understand how this works for you a little bit more? Because like, I'm having a hard time not taking it personally. And then like, if that was my friend, I'd be like, oh my God, no, I legitimately if I don't like, I will let food rot in the refrigerator because if it's not in front of me and my eyes are looking at it, I don't know that it's there. Like I miss appointments and like you can see that it's like, oh, this is something that happens not just to me. And I think your friends would be more than happy to, you know, tell you about that kind of stuff. But I do think it's hard to set um, an expectation for a friend. And I then I also I also again, like I said, I don't know that if they completely changed everything about this, that you would be happy there. Because I do, I think that this is, it's, you've internalized this 
either based on other things that are happening or you've just internalized this for a long time that I think you need to like unpack it because I think it'll seep into other aspects of your friendship. Mm-hmm. But you're not easily forgotten at all. All right, next call. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Megan. Here's the tea. So last week I agreed to take care of my friend who was getting her wisdom teeth taken out. Let's call her London. Mind you, this was a last minute appointment, but I'm able to take care of her because my job has very flexible hours and there's no other person in town to take care of her except for her brother who works a nine to five. Mind you, I canceled my therapy appointment for the second time this month in order to take care of her. Everything goes fine with the procedure. She comes at a surgery and she's a little loopy from the laughing gas, but she's not that far gone. I was driving at her medication and she has asked me if I go to church and if I pray and yada, yada, yada. Other records show that I am bisexual. After working through a lot of religious trauma, I allowed myself to come to terms with my sexuality. And I told this to her while on a trip in March that I went on with London and a mutual friend of ours, let's call her May, who also just realized she's bisexual and who's been a girl whom London is obsessed with. While in the car, London says that she gets concerned for me and May because we're gay and it's a sin, and she basically doesn't want us to end up in hell. And I, of course, do not share the same ideology. If she had said anything else, I would equate it to her being on laughing gas and not knowing what she's saying. But London, May, and I all went to a religious university where I was traumatized for four and a half years, and London had the best time of her life. For context, London is young compared to May and I. I just turned 24 in August, and London turned 20 in February. She was 15 when she started college. I always had a feeling she felt this way because I know she comes from a strict, do this as my daddy had a background, but I convinced myself that she was more open-minded because of how excited she was about the girl that May was dating, so I hope that she had changed her mind. I was dead-ass fucking wrong. I should have known this because anytime we talk about someone who I would end up marrying, she always says, your husband this and your husband that. And she clearly knows that I would pick pussy over penis any day of my life. I know it may seem obvious for me to cut her off and not see her anymore, but we work together two nights a week, and I really need that job for the extra money. I know I should talk to her about this, but I fear that the conversation will make the situation worse. I also don't know whether or not I should bring this up to May. I don't want to hurt her, but I also feel like she deserves to know this, especially since London is so ingrained in our lives and knows so much about it. Ultimately, this hurts because London and May were some of the first people that I told I was gay. London wouldn't even joke about it before it actually came out. So now her doing something like this just confirms my fears about coming out to my family, who I also know would not accept me. At this point, I feel like my back is against the wall, and I don't know what to do. If you have any advice on how I should go about this, I would very much appreciate it. I can handle tough love as long as it's delivered very gently. I love you both so much. I love this podcast, and I love being in the Patreon. And for anyone who's not yet subscribed, literally, what the fuck are you doing? Get your life together and go subscribe. Bye. Oh my God, gold fucking star. I love you. I, by the way, I also love your voice. Mm-hmm. Me too. This sucks. I'm so sorry. And like, I would never get like, I love that people are like, I can, you can be like tough if you want. I'm like, why would we be tough? Like, you've done nothing wrong. <laughs> That's why 15 year olds shouldn't go to college. I had a 15 year old in my, he was in, he was in a science major, but I don't know if it was specifically biology, but he was in some of my biology classes. And he was nice enough. He he did think differently than like other people. Like I remember we had this one assignment and everybody was trying to like write things down and do blah, blah, blah. And he just took all the data and just put it in a spreadsheet and calculated everything and was done in like a minute. And I was like, duh, like I know how to do that, but I just wasn't. And nobody else in the class had thought to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a maturity level, but I think that this could have happened at any age, though. I don't think it's, it's specifically totally, like a 15 think, year old. But there is this 
sense of like, you know, you you feel that as the person like that you are like your peers and you are, but no, it's not that you can sometimes feel you're better than your peers because you're doing it quicker, faster and smarter. But then the issue is that like, it's easy then as the peers to then be like, oh, yes, that IQ, the whatever has then made us now matched. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I'm now here and feeling like, damn, this is someone who like, yeah, would have hurt me at any point in any time. But there can be this kind of this kind of thing that like you might not have been you might be like realizing you've overlooked a lot of things because the mm-hmm. way they carry they themselves were, and perform like play they the role carry themselves perform but then also allowances because they are younger yeah. so like so s- certain things they did they're like oh it's because they were younger blah, yeah blah, blah. and you tend you might accept like behavior that you wouldn't have with any other friend and then you're like oh shit i'm giving you extra like i'm i'm giving you all these accolades because of you're here but i'm also then saying like well i can't these are because you're younger so like it's just it's so much allowance for them, mm-hmm. which isn't, I mean, that's the parents' fault, I think. But also the parents think the same way. No, I, yeah, but I mean, like the putting someone in uh, school. And I also think that like to change your, like you are also able to like, you unlearned a lot of religious trauma. And like, I think, I actually, I really think that going to college from the time that you are 18 to like 26 would be like incredibly transformative. But, you know, that you're able to like learn and grow from this experience. And like, she is still very set in her ways. And that's something that like, it's not your responsibility as a friend at all. But I also think that like, you know, you bent over backwards to do this for her, regardless of like what she, like, here's the thing. If I, the only time that I have been like, I'm just going to be like, (laughs) I'm going to take other people's word that this is like not what they believe or who they are because I don't know is like my grandma when she had she was at like late stages of Lewy body dementia and like was saying horrible, horrible things like that to me was like, I mean, she's a grandmother age like I don't I don't I'm like, I don't know if these are beliefs and like I had to trust people in my life to be like, that's not what she believes or thinks and like this is not how we want to think of her like this but like that's not like Novocaine. That's not laughing gas. Like it's unless you're it's a degenerative brain thing and it's like a legitimate or like a legitimate neurological trauma to that. I don't think you need to factor in. Oh, she said this while under the influence of anything. No, because she clearly wanted to say it anyway. You've yeah, said she clearly believes she, it. Yeah. And so. I think that you can distance yourself from people as a friend, even if you work with them in a professional setting. I've done it where, you know, you can still be professional at work. Your two days a week isn't that big a deal. And then like you just keep it professional there. And then outside of work, you just kind of stop communicating. I mean, I would tell May. I think that like 100 percent. Yeah, because I think that the way that you kind of all the pieces fell into place when she said that and you were able to kind of like catalog back to like these times that you've been like excusing things that she said and realizing, oh shit, no, that was it. May will have the same experience. And like a lot of what you said was based on the fact that like May is dating someone who London seemed like very like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. So like, I'm sure there are some things that she said that like May picked up on even about that situation that like probably only looked better and supportive from the outside or from your perspective. 
But I would be curious, like, what the job is two days a week. Like, is it that you don't want to have a... Are you the only two people working together? Like, in my mind, the worst possible scenario is... Or two. Would be, like, it's her parent or someone's company where she's the one who got you the job. And so you have to stay in her good graces in order to maintain the job. Or if you're, like, tandem babysitting and, like... You have to, you're like, you know, have to take care of kids together. And like, you're having to like, and it's just you two. If it's like shift work and like, you're not always on like the same shift or there's like, you're working with a bunch of other people there. Like, I think there's varying levels of keeping things pleasant. So depending on how much you have to maintain said relationship, like, can you just be like, you know, pull back from the relationship and you don't have to say anything to her at all? Or you could be like, hey, just want to give you a heads up. Like, I don't think that like, I don't really see a huge future in our friendship. Like, I really didn't like what you said and found it incredibly offensive. So I'm going to like remain civil, but I just wanted to give you a heads up because I don't want you to wonder why. I really would hope if I didn't say anything, you would have realized what it was because it's blatantly obvious. But I think this is a good learning lesson for you. I thought we were great friends and it sucks. You would, yeah, want to lose a good friendship and someone who's, you know, bends over backwards for you for something like this. Or you pretend everything's totally fine. And every time she asks you something, you say, I'm so sorry, I can't. I actually am going to hell. And then you just continually troll her. And it depends on like what the vibe is for like what's satisfying to you and what what is satisfying to you, what's not going to make you sacrifice your emotional well-being and what will not sacrifice your financial well-being because that's like it is a song and dance like you have to figure out there like there's no correct answer to that because if you have to sacrifice and like pretend everything's fine in order to maintain this job two days a week I don't like I would spend a lot of time trying to find something else because like that's a huge, especially like I don't have any religious trauma and I'm so fucking thankful for that, but it's something that I like watch a lot about and read a lot about and I'm very fascinated by. And that shit is awful. It's awful and it takes people so long. Like that's why they use the term like deconstructing. Like it's literally like taking down a fucking skyscraper brick by brick. And so if you are not, if you're feeling like you're having to kind of go back to that, that I don't think is worth much of anything. And I think that there's a lot of brain power and time and energy that could be spent trying to find another job. But it's hard to mourn the loss of a friendship. It's hard to be on the receiving end of homophobia from someone who you thought was a friend and then like worry about losing, like not having, like there, there's just a lot of factors here for you to process through all of this. And I think that there will be a way that it's the least painful, but it might not even be the first way that you try it. Like you might start being more pleasant and that's not working for you or it works for a couple of weeks and it doesn't work for you anymore. Like you can ebb and flow with this because like this is just, you're just trying to get through. And there's so many fucking ways to get through something and you can do it petty. You can do it being kind and you can do it petty one day kind the next day like literally whatever you have to do to survive it yeah 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 i've had to cut loose friends because of their beliefs 
some of them i will say very easy just blocked yeah. and done with but some of them like i had like deep friendships with where i trusted them with information and then it came out like that they were a bigot in some way and you know i was just like mm. like this hurts but mm-hmm. i just know what's best for me in the long term yeah and it can also feel worrying when you've told you've like, confided in someone that like then when you end the friendship you feel like you have to do it in um a really a amicable, way. kind way because yeah. you're afraid they'll retaliate. And like, yep. that's really scary, mm-hmm. especially when it's something as bigotry as like, oh no, like this is like, you can, this is a weapon. Like this can be really used to harm me or other people that, you know, are, we share in a circle and harm other relationships. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this hard, this is hard and this, this, this sucks. But I also don't, wouldn't beat yourself up about that. Like you should have known because I don't know if I don't know if she's done a video on it, but like she's talked about it. But Andrea Russett had this friend, fucking Sandra, fucking hate her, who they went through kind of like the same thing where it was like one day it just like came up where it was like, well, no, I mean, like you're biased, you're going to hell. And they've been friends for years. And Andrea's like, what? Like absolutely shocked. And it was like, well, you knew I was re- like, you knew I re- was religious and believed in God. And she's like, but you're friends with me. Like how like are really all of these things that like you could you can maybe have said that you had these views but like you're not doing any like what the but, fuck but i'm also like being religious and believing in god none of this hate is in anywhere in the bible yeah people just make up shit well and it's one of those things that i'm like you don't think that everyone has friends who are religious and who aren't bigots like it's yes. like this isn't like a go-to obvious thing and you would think that the clearest indicator of it would be that a you would be a loud screaming bigot at all times so we would have you would have never even become friends or you wouldn't be friends with someone who's a part of some a part of it a sexuality a gender in, in any case but in this case specifically someone who's bi who you specifically think they're going to hell and so it's like mm-hmm. why would i think that you think I don't deserve rights and you think I'm going to hell if you're friends with me. Like, why would I think that? So like, I wouldn't beat yourself up about that because even if they said all of these other things, them being friends with you, that's a mind fuck because it does feel like that would be the clearest indicator if Mm -hmm. they felt, if you were an exception to the rule. And I also do not fault people for being like the exception to the, like, it's survival and it's also like you have to process that like i don't think that that's inherently bad or a negative flaw to have unknowingly accepted that or knowingly accepted that with like family members and all of that like that's fucking hard there's so many people like i talk about how i've cut off so many people i went to high school with because they were quietly racist but like made allowances in their brain because i was quote unquote one of the good ones and so like you don't you don't realize it until it actually happens. Yeah, and that's not a f- fault for Mm-mm. anyone except the that people person. who are uh, the people who are bigots. Like, yeah, because they're not yeah. they're not loud with it until something comes up. Yeah. All right. Good luck. Let us Good know luck. how it goes. All right, we're gonna take a break. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Megan and Melissa. So I go by these pronouns. I'm 26 years old. We're going to talk about a friend of mine. Let's just call him Michael. He goes by Ihan pronouns, also 26 years old. So me and Michael, we went to a drag brunch. It was really fun. We also had bottomless mimosas. Drink more than expected. Almost was dying the next day. And however, when we went back home from the drag brunch, like we were just being funny with each other, uh, dancing. Just, you know, 
typical gay shit. And, however, Michael, for some reason, decides to kiss me. And normally I would jump if my friends would kiss me. However, I kissed him back. And we made out for, like, a good three minutes. And then we just laughed after that, like, what the fuck? And then just continued chilling. Ended up watching a movie after that. But, however, something in me it was, like, I don't know if it was the alcohol or anything, and I know alcohol is a truth term, but, like, it felt good. And I don't know how he feels about me, besides that he also appreciates our friendship that we've had since 2015. The only thing is, it's going to sound horrible for me, but my question is, how do I suppress these emotions? Because, like, again, I appreciate my friendship with Michael for so, so much, and I don't want to ruin our friendship, you know? And it's scary. I never know how to deal with these kind of emotions, mostly because I fear relationships, especially since seeing my family with their marital histories and multiple divorces. So I don't know. Like, I know I'm not them. But it's also, like, I don't want to ruin this friendship that I have with Michael because I appreciate them so much and all they've done. So, now, how do I just not feel these emotions towards him? And, again, I don't know how he feels about me, but still, it's going to be horrible, I know. But anything to help, please. Thank you. Bye. She is fucking cute. Yeah. I think, first of all, I just want to point out that Michael kissed you. So, I do want to... point that out that they might be feeling things that you are feeling too and but I do think that this goes further than just like Michael kissing you and it felt good I think it's more of your fear of relationships and like you said because of examples that have been put in front of you by other family members then you're scared of what this could mean because you don't want to ruin what you already have But let's say Michael liked you back. Would you be open to exploring that further because you did like how it felt when y'all were together? Or are you just wanting to be friends with Michael? Because I think if you think of, you kind of think of like, if I want to explore this and Michael would be open, then where would I fall within that? If you just want to be friends with Michael, then... Suppress the feelings and just be friends with Michael and th- and leave it there. But if Michael did not just want to be friends, and if you don't just want to be friends, then I think you should look deeper than you know. I'm sc- I I just want to be friends with Michael. Of I'm scared to actually be in a relationship because of the trauma that I have. Yeah, I think that like. This just depends on where you are. So I say, like, I've got a couple of little things to go through, but like, take Michael out of the situation. Where are you with relationships? Like, do you want a serious long-term relationship right now? Like, are you looking for that right now? Is that your mindset? Do you feel like that's where your journey is and that's what you want? Because people talk about it in specifically in heterosexual relationships where it's like, people will date someone for all this time. And then in in this specific reference that it's people talk about, it's like women will date men for all of this time and it won't work out. They will then date 
or they won't even date. They'll like be situationships or whatever. And then the next woman he dates, he marries. And it's like, well, what? And it's like, it's because it has nothing to do with the other person. It just has to do where you're at. And like, if you're ready, what you want. And I'm, I am like my two loves and like, they're like not even fucking comparable, but like, I fall for friends. Like, that's just me. Like, I have never had a like really like deep relationship or something with someone uh, for long term at all that didn't stem from like, oh shit, I fell in love with like my best friend. So that is something like if you've never experienced that before, or even if you have, there is a lot of care that goes into it. Like, I don't think you're reading too much into anything. And like, you to other people, it might sound bad to suppress your emotions, but like, no, that's fine. Like, if you need to, like, you need to. Like, in high school, I remember, like, I, similar thing, got drunk and, and my best friend and I ended up kissing. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I realized I, like, started to have feelings for him. But I was like, no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. And so I just ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And then like, finally, like, I don't know, probably like almost a year later, months later, it got to the point where like, it wasn't just one sided. And like, neither of us could really ignore it at that point. But also, we were a lot younger. And like, we're not friends anymore. We don't talk. And like, that was a really fucking rough breakup. But it's just about where you're at. Because there's always a risk of losing a friendship. And it doesn't have to turn romantic to lose a friendship. But I would also say, and I mean this like with so much love, if Michael has feelings, Michael can also be like, I need to end this friendship because like this isn't good for me. And that's hard. Like that's really hard because it can feel like you wanted to like salvage and protect that and like, you know, make sure that that didn't happen. But that's like what Melissa said, like I think you need to be really honest with yourself about these feelings and are the positive feelings where the positive feelings stemming from and where are the hangups stemming from are there any hangups because you think you don't actually like michael or are all of the hangups because you're either not sure that you're you're not ready for a relationship or you know you're not ready for a relationship you know you're not a very good partner at this time in your life or you know that like you're in this middle of like a self a self healing or self realization journey and that getting into a relationship would really like stunt that or would have to take away time from that or you're really focused on your career or you're focused on X, Y, and Z. There are so many factors that could mean that you are not at this current moment ready to embark on a relationship that have nothing to do with having doubts about Michael being the person or having doubts about your feelings about Michael. So I would do the your best to try and kind of separate all of that and put them all into categories um, because being worried about the relationships that have been like maybe mirrored for you is a very valid thing to worry about. And despite not always being like and ending up like the people who we've seen that, how they've carried themselves in relationships, it does affect it. Like in like it's, I will say from my personal experience, like it has affected my attachment style so much. And I think if Mats and I had gotten together, like when we were both a lot younger and with like less relationship experience and we were less like committed to figure, like to doing this, like there would have been like 
you know, you make a lot, you make more allowances for that kind of stuff because like it is a learning process. And that's like a wonderful thing I think about dating a friend is that there is a level of communication there that you have usually a lot quicker than someone you meet from a dating app or you meet just in a romantic sense and setting. Like they tend to know more of your background, your history, and like you can have those harder conversations. But I think you can ignore your feelings to process whatever you need to process. That's totally fine. I wouldn't, if Michael wants to talk about it, I would be honest about that. I wouldn't shut it down. I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't have feelings. It'd be like, I think I might have feelings, but I need to process this first so I know because I don't want to risk our friendship. But no matter what, I think there's there's a there's a risk and like not to be so fucking cheesy, but like there will be a risk in everything that we there's a risk in everything we do. And like the risk of losing a close friend happens no matter who you date because the person you end up dating you end up being really close to them and that ends up being a huge part of your life and someone that you miss out on but then also people sometimes move away and people sometimes lose touch or you have a falling out like the future of all of our relationships is not guaranteed i think it's better to put something off than to pack it away to never look at or talk about ever again and like because suppressing your feelings is not processing them but you can set them aside to process something else and then come back to processing them because, yeah, you could be turning away a really good thing, but it's only a good thing if you are in a good spot to take the good thing. Then it doesn't become a good thing. Like, I don't know if anyone else, I mean, I know other people, but I don't know if you, color have specifically ever like been in a relationship or had a friendship with someone where you're like, damn, if we met a fuck ton of years later, like, I think this could have been something bigger. Or like someone who you just have like this, like, I don't know, karmic cosmic tie to, but it doesn't really feel like it ever fully fleshes out in the way that you think there could be a connection there. And I think we meet some people at the wrong time. So I think you can put someone off and not back burner them, but like, you know, set it, set that, those feelings to the side until you're ready for that. But it's also not guaranteed. But this is also like, very much rom-com like this is sweet and like I you I can tell in your voice that like I can tell in your voice that you really care about them but I can also tell that like I can like hear the butterflies like I can hear that like you look back on this and like you liked this and you know you put those kind of like hazy pinky filter rose-colored glass like not in a bad way rose-colored glasses but like it's like when you talk about someone, you're just like waiting for the soundtrack to kind of come in and you're like, oh, this is one of those moments. And mm-hmm. like, that's sweet. And I think you should look at that. Like, that's a really good thing. Not a lot of people get to have those moments of people who they like already love as a friend. And I think that's like, it sounds cheesy, but like, I think that's a really big blessing and like a really wonderful thing. And especially when you know someone so well, then that is them also conveying how much they care about you too. So like, it means a lot. So I think even if this is all that it was, like, what a wonderful moment that you got to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet. If you do want to be in a relationship with them, it's scary moving out of the friend zone. And then what you have always the thoughts of like, if it doesn't work out, then like, I've lost a friend. But then it's also like, if I have feelings for them and I'm constantly watching them and maybe watching them get into relationship, it's like, they're the one that got away. 
Yeah, you're slowly losing a friend. Mm-hmm. And like, and it that's hurts. Hard. I think that hurts more. Yeah. It does. But it's also like, it's not easy. Like, I, I mean, I panicked before Mott's and I's first date and like hooked up with, I mean, not first date, not first date. I didn't panic for our first date. But like, when Mott's and I like first started talking, like, I hooked up with someone else because I was like, panicking, panicking, panicking. Like, it's not always like good. But the best thing to do is like, you, you just have to communicate. And like, mm-hmm. it is like, Mott said, it's hard. And like, it can take a year, it can take months, it can be like messy and uncomfortable. But like, as long as you're being honest, you have someone who already cares about you. So like, they tend to understand as long as you're being honest, but it's hard. Yeah. Sounds very sweet, though. Do we get the age of Michael? I think, and they say 26. I think that's a wonderful age. Do we have any other calls or is that <laughs> a real done? <laughs> we've got a write in. Hi, Eminem. I would love to get some advice on how not to get attached when I casually hook up with people. I, 23, she, her, am out of a four-year relationship as of May, and I've seen a couple people since then. The first person I was able to not get fully attached to as I wasn't entirely attracted to them, and I eventually ended it. The second person I was very attracted to, and we had a messy situationship due to us being exclusive, then he cheated on me. I have an anxious attachment style and I get attached very easily. I've been going out pretty frequently and I find myself obsessing over the interactions I have with men. Two nights ago, I felt like I had such a great connection with a guy from a bar and I eventually went home with him. Before I agreed to go back with him, I mentioned to him that I am not one to just hook up with people and he said that he would continue talking afterwards. We hooked up and cuddled for a few hours afterwards. I felt like it went really well and we've been Snapchatting. I know the pukey face looking emoji, but with no substance. I'm sensing that I am more into him than he is with me. I'm just looking for advice on how to not obsess over things like this. I do enjoy these interactions with these men. I am just worried that I'm not cutting. I'm not cut out for casual hookups. I'm in a lover girl era, but I should mention that I am moving abroad in November, so it'd be difficult to find something more meaningful. Thank you and love the pot. I truly think some people aren't meant for casual hookups, and I think you might be one of them. Yep. If you're somebody that catches feelings easily, then, you know, casual hookups aren't for you. And I and I also don't think like going back to somebody's place who you just met and you're about to hook up with them and being like, I want to continue talking after. Like, I don't think that's the time and place to do it. You that ha- That's something that you talk about, like, before. That's something you just, you talk about, like, at the bar. Like, that's something you talk about on a date. Like, I don't, yeah. it's not like a hookup conversation because that's it, not what you want. You don't want to hook up. You so want don't. to be, yes, you want to be, in a relationship with someone that's you're not somebody that does casual hookups so yeah, it's giving like i don't normally do this and it's like then don't do it if don't this do is, it then don't do it so i think this is very easy like don't casually hook up with people because this isn't for you yeah i think you can have a secure attachment style and like not be a casual hookup person i think you can have mm-hmm. all attachment styles and not be a casual hookup person. But having a an anxious attachment style is, it's not, not only is it like not ideal, it is a problem. And like, it's a problem that is like, 
it is you're not born with it. It is caused by something and it needs to be fixed because without a secure attachment style, you can't be in a relationship. Like, and this is, I mean, shout out Shambu Dream, who like taught me all about she on the fucking podcast where she was talking and she was like, you definitely had this attachment style. I was like, oh, wow. And I recognize that like, you know, I didn't heal my attachment style in relationships because of the relationship that I was in. It was, I was working on that relationship style and fixing the relationships that had those issues in all of my relationships. And then the pieces kind of started to fall into place. And I was with someone who really like acknowledged and allotted for that like growth and saw that. But you can't just be like, oh, I have an anxious attachment. Because if to me, if someone says I have an anxious attachment style, the next thing is, so I'm really working on that and I'm not dating. Like you just need to not. Like it's because it's, yeah. it's, you're causing yourself and other people a hell of a lot of harm. Like it's just not, it's not fair to anybody there because the actions that you do when you have an, when you have a, any attachment style that's not a secure attachment style, they're not kind nor are they healthy to anyone. And that's not something that other people, it's like, you know, in the classic fuck boy thing of being like, you should just know, like, I'm not falling in love material. Like, it's like, we hate when fucking people say shit like that. And so it's like, so we can't say the version of our attachment style in that and expect mm -hmm. people to kind of a lot for it when it's a trait and a quality and a circumstance that A, we didn't ask for and B, we don't like and want to continue to have. So like, you don't need to, it's not about finding things that make this work for you because this attachment style does not work for anybody and it will not work for anybody long term. Like it is a consequence and a result that fucking sucks. And I've been there, but you're no matter, no matter who the person is, you will you will end up being so into someone who is an objectively bad person and being having this need to have them pick you and choose you. And even if they do everything right, you're still going to feel that way. So you, I would just say that like, take a break. And like the fact that you know that you're moving abroad and you're still going, doing all of this and going through all of this, I'm like, you are harming yourself. Like you're trying to set yourself up to fail. Yeah, because it's it's punishing yourself, but it feels like when someone else does it, there's this there's this thing about it. And again, I've been there, but like it's unattainable things or things that don't work out. Like it can kind of feel like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you can use that because you can say so much shit about yourself. But then when you involve someone else and you kind of cast them in this role and then they disappoint you, it hurts more than when you disappoint yourself. And so it can feel like it's confirming negative things you believe about yourself or about the world or whatever that is. And it's just not fair because you don't have to do that. It doesn't, you don't have to feel that way. And the people who are participating in that, they also don't have to do that, nor do they maybe even want to do that and participate and make you feel like shit because that also eats away on the other side too. So I just think that you might feel like you said you got to have a four-year relationship. You might feel like you maybe you're looking at this like analytically, like you feel like you've had enough time to get over it. And like you can be over the relationship, but still have fucking shit that you've dealt that you're still carrying with you about love and relationships in yourself. Yeah. And I feel like because you were in that long-term relationship, you feel like you have to have like what you love or girl phase, I call it a whole phase. Like you feel like you just need to go 
through and just hook up with random ass people because like that's what you're supposed to do after being in a relationship for a long time. And then the next time that you're in a relationship, that's the person you settle down with. It does not have to be like that. Like you don't have to do this. You don't have to do it. Yeah. And not all dating experience is good (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you can control is yourself and your experiences. And I don't know how this relationship ended. And I don't know whether your attachment style is a result of this relationship, either ending poorly or relationships with other people in your life or whatever it was. But like something that I learned the hard way is that unless I deal with like my trauma and the results of my trauma, which attachment style, I'm just walking around with a fucking like I'm a dartboard for other people to be like, ooh, let me throw some trauma on this. And it's like, oh, shit, like I have to like actively close myself off from this because right now I'm not a walking red flag. I'm a walking like this is a person who I'm going to be able to manipulate, whatever it is. Like, this is someone who is not going to, who will tolerate my bullshit, who will X, Y, Z, you do all of these kinds of things. Like, it became like, oh, shit, I'm ending up in these same relationships in these same circumstances, situations. The only thing I can control is me. So I need to take myself out of this mm-hmm. for a bit. And it's helpful. Like, I was not, I'm like, was not a casual dater at all. And like, that's okay. Like, You can have experience without being someone who goes out all the time and whatever it is like it's it might not be for you and you might be lonely. You might be bored, like figure out what the driving force behind this is. Like, are you reading too many like romance books? And like, you're just like, oh, are you romanticizing this like time that you're trying to kind of get over the relationship quicker or get over the the result of like who you've ended up at the end of this relationship and like, you know, whether you've got holes to patch or all those things, you're trying to like fast forward to get to this. Like, are you watching, you know, content that makes you feel like, oh, I want that. Like, don't like remove yourself from those things, figure out why this you're drawn to this and why you're going to this versus working on your attachment style. Because there could be a lot of fucking reasons. I mean, I have to do that with like stupid things like skin picking. Like boredom is one of the biggest reasons why I end up doing it. And it's like, okay, I have to find things that I'm not bored doing and like quick and easy things. So unpack that. So hopefully you can end up in a situation or in a circumstance where you feel like ready and able to like, you know, start working on the attachment style. Mm -hmm. But yeah, wishing you the best. I have very high hopes for you as somebody who has cycled through those (laughs) all right well we've reached the end of don't blame me and we hope you enjoyed and i was gonna say i hope it was good for you like it was for me yeah baby (laughs) and if you're brand new here i hope you stick around i hope you keep listening and if you want a little lowdown uh we upload episodes four days a week Mm mm-hmm So we have today, obviously, Don't Blame Me. Tomorrow, you can check out See You Next Tuesday, which is really just like a catch-up, fun, random discussion, personal life. Sometimes, you know, we'll do a bit, whatever we're in the mood for. Um, And then we skip Wednesday. We give you some some nice R&R. And then Thursday, we're back with But Am I Wrong? It's hot takes. We like to call it ethical, GMO, organic, farm-to-table gossip. Um, And shit-talking. But again ethical 
farm to table, organic, <laughs> GMO, free, not GMO. Just it's yeah, it's full of genetically modified ingredients. Um, and then we have Fisting Friday, where we read the results from our But Am I Wrong episodes and hear from you, viewers, listeners. And we're also on Patreon if you want to support the show. Check us out there. We do videos and we also live stream twice a month, and we have so much fun doing it. And we become friends with everybody. We like lovingly and lightly troll everybody. And we also have a Facebook group that we have oh, recently yeah. opened up. All the information about it's in the description. But I do want to go over a few house cl- cleaning items. One, if you don't answer, you're not getting it. Like these, you have to give thoughtful answers because this is a thoughtful group. People are sharing personal information about their lives and we need to know that like you have thought um in a <laughs> meaningful way yeah too personal two you have to have social media because we need to know we have to verify that you're a real person linkedin does not count and if your account is closed like you've we've had a few several people i didn't know we had so many teachers that were listeners but if you have a private account that you don't have open we still need to verify that you are a real person so i will say on fridays between 5 and 10 p.m west coast time i will be checking the people that have closed accounts if you would like to open it at any point and let me know that you've opened your account so that we can verify then that would be great otherwise i'm sorry but you can't get it yeah and this is not like a slight against te- like we t- and i understand like nannies like i so understand and even like people who don't do it for their jobs who like want private profiles like that's totally fine and like you can make them private all again that's all good the issue is is that like some people have like got left relationships that are very unhealthy and they, you know, know that those people that they used to date are fans of the podcast. And like, we've had people who are like, please make sure that this person doesn't get in. This is X, Y, and Z. And like, we've had, I mean, we've had random dudes try and without answering the questions and it's like, they'll do it even in a condescending way. And I'm just like, yeah, no. So Mm -hmm. it's a mix of that. And then Everybody is entitled to privacy when they are within the group. But in order to do that, we have to make sure that this is like a safe spot for people because we can't monitor the group at all times. And like, that's why we shut down the group for a long time. Like we like went through like literally every single member and made sure. But like if you are someone who would not be a safe place for our audience and like what we cultivate, we need to make sure of that and we also then need to like that's why we also don't accept fake facebook profiles like then we need to make sure that then we can remove you and like we mm-hmm. can remove you from our space entirely <laughs> so you're not you know harming people and that might seem like wild to and like 90 percent of you or 99 percent of you are not that but we just people are very like very very open with the things that they share in the group and they're very vulnerable and we're being extra careful because we have not opened it for so long. So people feel very comfortable and safe in that space right now. So it's like our responsibility to make sure that the new people we let in will also be the level of safe that the group has been for the last like year and a half, two years. Two years, yeah. We do it with love. 
and we're happy to accommodate like and figure out how to get people because we want everyone to be in who is wanting to participate and be in it but we have to figure out a way so that's it follow us on socials and you can give us money if you want to give us money join our patreon Mm -hmm. it's a good time we'll see you next time production by me megan rinks and me melissa d Monts, plus diamond imprint productions post-production sound and editing by coco lorenz production assistance by melanie d watson and music by giacomo picasso and ryan hunter